Welcome back to another episode of the North and Goal podcast. My name is Benji. I'm known on Twitter as Alaskutan. And I am Jake. I am known on Twitter as the Mighty Alaskan Ute. And we uh, prep- prepped for this show by discussing bidets and uh, things like that for <laughs> the last 20 minutes. <laughs> we did. If you have radiant floor heating like I do, then the water is always warm, always ready to go. It's just an added, I mean, it's nice. Look into it. You'll thank yourself. Yeah, it's like a jacuzzi for that uh, for that part of <laughs> of your life. <laughs> hey, well, this is, a, this, this a, is a, a counseling session this week, you know? I don't know. Have we done a show where both of us lost on the same weekend? I can't recall. If If we did, I don't think we've done both of us lost – high-profile games, games that would have been. I mean, it's not really the same scenario for both teams, obviously, but but kind of uh, disappointing losses at the same same time. So I don't know. This may be a first. Yeah, you're right. I, I suggested we just not do it, uh, but then some of the fans chimed in and said, nah, man, we got it. We need the catharsis. We need to just commiserate together. They so chimed in. I got, are. I got hate mail after you said that. They're like, you cannot just leave us on a lurch like this. <laughs> so that's why we're doing it. We're doing it for the fans. But, no, you bring up a good point because yeah. if we have, and I, it, it wouldn't be hard to research it. There's only our second season doing it. But if we yeah, have yeah. lost on the same weekend, it's never been where the hopes have been this high for both games, like you right. said. They were both right. high-profile games, both – would have would have been statement big wins for both of us and oh for ah, sure just didn't didn't work it, out that way see, we're not that's the thing is we're not really coming from the same place for my fan base had BYU won that would be awesome we would for sure be in the top twenty five we'd be like hey we got we can win out like we can finish in the top fifteen possibly even sniff the top ten you know if things just keep going our way and it'd be all roses from here on out. But no one was really shocked that we lost. And so, you know, it, it, it's not terribly crushing or defeating. The, the way the game unfolded was. But the fact that we lost, that itself, I, we're not really surprised. Yeah, and, and for us, it was – I was telling my brothers this, man. It was probably – I don't want to get all hyperbolic and say it was the toughest loss we've had in the Whittingham era because there's, there's been some crappy, crappy, crushing losses. But I'd say – it was one of the top three or four with what we had on the line, with all the hype we had built up. And the funny thing is people like to say, ah, stupid Ute fans, you thought you'd be in the playoffs. Dude, all the playoff talk was from outside sources. All the PF, PFF, for sure. pro football focus, Brett McMurphy, all these people, the ones saying Utah in the playoffs, we just got excited about it. Nobody nobody truly believed that. But with all, with as many times as we were hearing it, I still allowed myself to kind of dream a little bit, you know, and think about it and think, you know what? If things go right, we could freaking be in the playoffs. And so it was devastating in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, the truth is, under the current system, there's like seven or eight teams that will ever make the playoffs. That's just the way it is yeah. under the current system. And so Utah should be, our goal should be win the conference, go the Rose Bowl, which is still very much in play. Um, but, you know, as far as the whole playoff dream world scenario – it was just it was just kind of a blow, kind of sucked. But let's see, where should we start? Yeah. Start with Utah or well, start with so Washington? Let's start with Utah because from my point of view, I'll agree with you. The playoff hopes originated from national media, and then was kind of the fan the fans ran with it, uh, and that's not really fair. I would say you focus on what the team was focusing on and i think you're exactly right as far as i've heard i have not been in any of their spring camp or you know huddles or anything like that they break the huddle saying championship right like that's clearly 
the goal this year is championship. They want to be the Pac-12 champions. Not not a too terribly like vast lofty pipe dream. I think that's within their grasp, within their reach. The thing that I see though is if there's five major conferences that produce winners to go to four playoff spots, it's not a huge difference between saying we want to be the Pac-12 champions and we're aiming for a playoff spot. That, to me, is a little extra leap to go from one to the other. It is. It is. But unfortunately, when if it were something like, okay, we're going to take four conference champs no matter what, and they'll just be one conference champ mm-hmm. that gets left out every year, then it's a lot more attainable. But when you're when you're looking at some of these predictions that have three SEC teams in it now, I've seen some that have three SEC teams. It's a joke, man. Mm-hmm. 75% yeah. of it taken up by one conference. It's just it's it's getting out of hand. I, I think... I think we need that's not cool. I don't. Yeah, there's no reason two people from any conference should ever be. Now I say that. Let's say you got two teams. Like let's say hypothetically, I'm just going to pick like I don't know Maryland and uh, Virginia. (laughs) You know, just randomly they come from the same conference. So we're throwing this in a hypothetical world where they're both undefeated, crushing everybody they meet, and then one of them ekes out a triple overtime win over the other in a conference championship game, you could then say, yeah, they both deserve a spot. So I I wouldn't say never. But other than that scenario, no. Take one from each conference, and then weakest conference doesn't get in. I agree. And um, to your scenario, though, a little bit off, uh, Maryland's in the Big Ten Virginia ACC, but they were in the ACC for a long time together. Oh man, you forgot Those about states that. are so close to each other, yeah, though. Yeah. Geographically, but y- your points messed is, up. Exactly. <laughs> your point remains the same, man. You're right. It's that's the only time it should happen. It, it happened two years ago, though. With I mean, the SEC got two Georgia and Alabama, and of course they right. met the freaking title game. But anyway, so yeah, yeah. when you talk yeah. about three people from one conference in the in the in the playoff, it's just it's not right. But that's yeah. the way it no, looks it to be trending, be man. Way. It looks to be trending that way. Anyway, so back to the point that there's only seven, eight that that can realistically get in right now. And like you said, mm-hmm. the goal should be Pac-12 championship. And it's not like you said, it's not that lofty of a goal because we were in the title game last year and we we're one stupid right. fluke pick six away from winning the freaking thing. So the next logical step yeah. is the Rose Bowl. In fact, Urban Meyer said that pregame against Wash against the USC. They they were bringing up Utah in the playoff, and he said, "Listen." Utah's next step should be for one of the major bowls, the Rose Bowl. And I was thinking, like, what a mm-hmm. jerk. But, you know, he's 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 accurate. He's right. That should be yeah. Utah's next step is the Rose Bowl. Anyway, so back to this game. Okay. Oh, yeah. I, don't, I don't even know where to begin. It was it was super frustrating. What, let's say this. What do you – What sh- two things need to happen. Utah needs to not lose anymore, and USC needs to lose. Which do you think you can count on more than the other? USC needs to lose twice because they have the head-to-head tiebreaker. Yeah. So I, right. I think I can count on – I think personally, I think USC is going to lose another three or four games. I, I think, like okay. we mentioned last week, they're so up and down with their coaching. And last week they were up. They had everybody firing on all cylinders. I think they lose this week at Washington. I think they drop mm-hmm. another one or two somewhere else. Maybe it's Cal. Maybe it's Arizona State. But you can't. you cannot count on – my opinion, USC only losing two more conference games um, or only losing one mm. more conference game because I, I just think they won't. So I, Utah's not out of it by any shot. That said, if they lose this mm. weekend, I think it's it might be over. But that's another that's way ahead of ourselves. So yeah, yeah. <clears throat> this USC game, uh, in my opinion, is so frustrating. I think it came down to three major mistakes. And really, really, I could say one that cost us the game. The three things that, that cost us the game was a devastating fumble right before halftime. 
Um, yes. we, we're down 14 to 10. We've, we've been driving the ball. We took a couple early punches in the mouth, and we fought back, and we come down. It's first and goal on the one-yard line. The one-yard line, mm-hmm. and we have a, a exchange handoff. doesn't go right, and it's fumbled, and USC recovers it. If we get that, that puts us up 17-14 at halftime. I feel like we would have tons more momentum because that was so deflating to go to halftime like mm-hmm. that. We would have tons more momentum up 17-14, coming out in the second half with the ball. I just think it's a different game. In fact, I think if you were to narrow it down to one play that you could change, it would be that one. I would change that play because I think that cost us the game. Mm-hmm. But then the other two were USC just had long passes go their way all night. Two of them were for touchdowns. Yeah. I think three of them actually were touchdowns. Two of them, though, the ball, in my opinion, was poorly thrown, underthrown, and the receiver had to come back, stop, jump ball, catch it, and after he made the play, he was able to score. Uh, um, and two, that happened twice. And the thing is, one of them was mm-hmm. right after a sack. There was like literally in the grasp. Devin Lloyd had had rushed the passer. He had him in the grasp. He got out mm-hmm. of it, rolled right, and just chucked it up like the old flies up we used to play. And it was at the goal yeah. line, and two Utes went up, and one one Trojan, and the Trojan got it, scored a touchdown. So if you were to take away those three plays, which you can't, obviously, part of the game, but I think that's mm. where the game turned on, those three plays right there, the fumble and the two jump ball passes. Other than that, statistically, if you look at it, we, we beat them statistically. Um, we had 100 more yards than they did. Um, it just It's just like you said, turnovers and and big plays. It's such a, it's such a game of – they say a game of inches. It's a game of freaking – Two plays, man. If we're to get those, it's, yeah. a, it's a different, different game. That's the that's the chaos that we love and we hate. You know, we embrace that because that's what makes us. That's what gives us hope when we're the underdog. Uh, but you hate it because, yeah, if you were to look at, okay, how good are we at football? There's a lot of metrics you can look at: first downs, total yards gained. You know, that's how good we are at football. Does that determine who wins the games? No, points does, and points is not always a reflection of how good we are at football. And don't I know it as a BYU fan for years and years, and that's that's the thing that Utah fans hate about BYU fans is the rivalry has not been 10 years of absolute dominance. There's been a lot of games where it's like, no, nah, you know, this team is just as good at football but didn't get the points. And so, you know, I mean, you, you, sometimes you're up, sometimes you're down. Yep, you know, I'm not going to make excuses. They had more points than we did, so they 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 won the game. They were better. You know, and yeah, that's uh, what it, it comes just, down to. It comes down to just a couple plays, man. And and you know what? Our games against USC have been so heartbreaking. The games we've lost recently. Yeah. You look at this one, okay? We're number ten in the country, and we go in there, and with so much on the line, we lose. The last time we were there, we go for two points to win it—a two-point conversion at the end of the fourth qu- end of the game. And our receiver was wide open in the back of the end zone, Darren Carrington. Yeah. And the quarterback didn't look up to just—he could have just like lop, kicked it to him, like drop kicked it to him right. for, for the win. And then the year a before chest that, pass, a basketball yeah, pass, right? Yeah. Yes. The year before that, we go down there, or the time before that, we go down there. We're number three in the country, and we just totally crap the bed and they murder us. It's just so heartbreaking when we go down there. It's just so frustrating. But yeah. That's what you get, man. I mean, yeah. we, we said it before. They're loaded with four- and five-star guys, and they can play. They can play, and they did, man. In those game, those those passes they, they, they reeled in, strictly athleticism and talent, man, strictly, mm-hmm. because they were bigger, stronger, faster, and made the play, and our guys didn't. They just were. And so when we talk about talent, that's what we're talking about right there. To me, too, it doesn't feel like the home field advantage. I mean, I know that's been the determining factor for a long time, and I think that's a little bit fluky. Now, 
Utah clearly has a home field advantage because that atmosphere is wild at times. The Coliseum, I've never seen the Coliseum and been like, whoa, that's an atmosphere that football is all about. I mean, it's it never fills up, you know, and I just don't – it's one of those things where big cities tend to produce much less passionate fans because there's like 15 things to divide yourself between, you know, you've got like pro hockey, you've got two pro NFL now, two pro NBA, you've got two major league baseball teams. And so it it just doesn't seem to be that crazy, crazy fanatic atmosphere. So I, I really think it's coincidental that it's the home team has been winning every single time for how many years going back like five years now yeah at least it's five years now i think because they they beat us three years ago home but no dude la la sports fans suck i don't care they just suck they're front runners they're they'll they'll jump on the kobe bandwagon when the lakers are hot they'll jump on um Dunk City or whatever they called it when when Lob City when the Clippers were hot. Yeah. Right now it's all about the Dodgers because the Dodgers are you know are front runners and that's just what happens in big cities. You have so many things to divide your attention when your team's not in the national spotlight. I mean, I guarantee you in the mid two thousands, I guarantee the Coliseum was a rocking place to see a game with with Liner yeah. and Bush and Lendell White. Oh, for sure. I guarantee yeah. it was a rocking place. But right now, you're right. It's just it they'll get there when they get there, and if they're not good, they're yeah, big deal. We'll move on to our other sports team. You know. All right, story time. So back in the year 2005 or six, maybe, when Los Angeles did not have an NFL team, they they did have pro football, and it was the Los Angeles Avengers of the Arena Football League. And so I surprised my wife for, I think it was for her birthday even. We were like newlyweds. And I was like, hey, we are going to go see the Utah Blaze play at the Los Angeles Avengers, you know, and, and we showed up and I was all about like, we are here to watch the blaze. And I'm like, we got to go to Walmart and get shirts with flames on them. And, and she was like, no, I am not wearing flame shirts anywhere. Cause I was like, I don't know. I kind of, the story makes it sound like I got married when I was a little kid, but, but I was like, yeah, this is gonna be cool to be the away fan. And so of course we're like newlyweds, super like dirt poor. I got like $10 tickets at the very top of the Staples Center. And so we're up there in the nosebleeds. And so you talk about an apathetic sports town, nosebleed section of an arena football game. Nobody cared. But the game we watched, the Utah Blaze won it on a final play. It was crazy. (laughs) And so I freaked out. It was just like jumping up and down and yelling and screaming. There's like one lunatic idiot way in the corner of the Staples that's Center hilarious. about the Utah Blaze winning in LA and that was me. Dude, that's hilarious. Did people turn around like, dude, why do you care about this? Yeah. What is yeah, everybody it was like it was like they just realized there was a football game going on. They're like, oh that guy's here? And <laughs> and my wife, bless her heart, was just like, shut up, shut up, shut up. You're uh, gonna get a shot. Like, what are you doing? But uh, it was crazy and I loved it. Dude. And that's, that's the fans that the state of Utah is full of, is idiots who are just going to freak out because that's what we live for. That's what we do. Yeah, yeah, that's hilarious. Well, this too, Man, how about those Blaze, man? We love those Blaze. You're the Blaze <laughs> super fan, bro. That's awesome. I was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so put a put a bow on this Utah game. It was a disappointing loss. The thing is, they had they had their chances, man. We, like I said, we were the first and goal, and we fumbled later in the second half. Yeah. We had we were at the one yard line again and got three points out of it. I mean, we, twice twice were we on the one yard line and we got a total of mm-hmm. three points. Total, um, right? Just a lot, just a lot of red zone failures. You know, just some some. 
I don't know. No, I don't go after play calling because I think I've actually enjoyed the offense and the play calling. But just we weren't able to execute yeah. in the red zone, and that's what the game came down to because we moved the ball. We had almost 470 or 460 yards of total offense, and Tyler Huntley looked awesome. He was balling out. And then, of course, we brought up before the season injuries, man, an injury to Zach Moss. Mm-hmm. I, I think that contributed to it. Our, our backup backs played well, but I look specifically at that fumble on the goal line. I don't think that would happen if Moss is in there because Huntley and Moss right. have so many reps together handing the ball off. I don't think it happens. Yeah, yeah. So another another big injury. Luckily, I don't think he's out for the year. I think he's I think he's going to miss this game, but be back after the uh, after the bye week. That's what I've heard from secret inside yeah. sources. But dude, loss hmm. it sucked. But but uh, you know Huntley played awesome. He. He was able to get out of jams. Our O line didn't look good at all, and he was running for his mm-hmm. life. But he he had a lot of big pass plays. He had a lot of big scrambling plays for first down. So my player of the game in a loss goes to Tyler Huntley, quarterback, who just looked good. Man, he he still hasn't thrown an interception all year. Um, he's he's been really really efficient. I think he's ranked twelfth in the country in QBR still. So he, he's he's making mm-hmm. the right plays. He was balling out. But it just it didn't it didn't come to fruition. We we couldn't score enough points. And USC again, man, they're they're a bugaboo down there. We haven't won in ten thousand years in the Coliseum, you know. And so yeah. it was just a crappy loss. But what do you do? The the funny thing too, the rooting interest from here on out. I mean, as a if I'm just saying I'm going to completely ignore Utah and the rivalry and everything, and just say as a BYU fan. The way I view USC is we want USC to uh-huh. run the table and be Pac-12 champs because how cool would that be to beat the Pac-12 champs, you know, in, in a legit victory, uh-huh. you know, a hard-fought good game. And uh, and so we'll be interested in following them the rest of the season, as will Utah fans, and every time USC plays, we're going to just be opposite rooting interests here, you know? We want to see them except, keep winning, and, and you obviously don't. Yeah, except when they play Notre Dame, we'll both be USC fans at that point, right? Cause we That's need, true. That's we need true, yeah. Notre Dame to lose more, and we need US, the Pac-12 to look good, so we'll be cheering for USC then. Um, yeah, although, you know, we want the independent, like, conference of non-conference affiliated teams to – yeah, we don't really care. Never yeah, <laughs> I got you. Shoot, there's something I was going to bring yeah. up, but uh, – Anyway, so yeah, so move on. Time to move on. We lost to USC. Game over. We looked we looked good yeah. in a lot of areas, but what do you do, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, so your your mighty Cougars, yeah. They did not look as mighty, and it's one of those things where the wheels tend to fall off sometimes, just because the game gets away. Really disappointed because it looked in the second half like a lot of the players just quit, and not all of them. But it just, you know, you look at that deficit and it's just insurmountable at, at a certain point. And the thing is, it didn't have to be that way. I truly still believe that Washington is either just as good as they were last year or maybe a little bit better. But then you look at the game and say, okay, Jake Browning's not there. I don't know if Easton is better than Browning. They're, uh, he has, they're he awesome has a better arm, here. dude. In my opinion, he has his arms. He's got a cannon of an arm. I'll give him that. There are a couple passes he had against there where they were thread between right over the linebacker, in between two sa- yeah. a safety and a cornerback, on a rope. He's got a better arm. I don't know if he's as good a decision maker. Um, but, dude, the way that he looked on Saturday, he looked better. Well, and, and that's the thing. Time will tell. I mean, that's, I, I don't know if uh, a huge difference from last year to this year in that in that department. Because Browning was good. You know, Browning, he, there was no, no deficiencies in his game that were glaringly obvious. Uh, the running back that went to the NFL, he's gone. But then this guy that replaced him is just as well. But he was out this game. Yeah, so we're like, oh, man, this is awesome. So, anyway, it just uh, – 
what I'm getting at is in the first half, like we were there, the two face mask face mask penalties in a row. That is just like a pick six. I mean, we shot ourselves in the foot there. We had two opportunities to get the ball back, either retake the lead. Yeah, we could have retaken the lead at that point in the game. Um, you know, and it's just things weren't going our way. Those then, are huge, uh, huge drive or huge momentum killers for your defense. You know, you stop yeah, them. They yeah. announce a 15-yard 15, 15 penalties are gigantic, man, especially when they oh, extend sure. the drive like that. So, yeah, first half. You just think, man, one guy's ruining it for everybody. One guy's ruining it for everybody again. You know, just these stupid, frustrating mistakes. Second half, holy cow, our receivers could not hang on to the ball. And so you feel bad for a guy like Zach Wilson who's doing everything that's asked of him. You know, I mean, he had himself a good game, and it doesn't show that on the numbers because everybody was dropping everything. Uh you know, bright spot going forward is you look at it and say, okay, that's a game we were never supposed to win. I think we could have. I, I don't think we could have the way we played, but I think if you take the, the top form BYU will play all season and put that game against Washington, it's going to be a lot closer. Uh, so the bright spot is going forward. Nobody's going to be as tough as Washington the rest of the year for us. There will be some tough games still, but nobody's going to be that tough. And so there are quite a few games where we could have played that lousy and still come out with a W. I mean, there's probably three or four of those on BYU's schedule going forward. So that's a bright spot. The other thing, Moroni Laulu Pututau, uh, they said after the game, he's still, it's going to be another week or two till he's 100%. So he's going to continue to get better and better. Uh, he's got some hands on him. You know, he and Bushman, I, I don't worry about them dropping the balls like crazy like the receiving core has been. And that's the crazy thing, too. This is the first week that the receiving core has all caught the dropsies, but they all did it at the same time. Yeah, yeah. You know, I I watched I watched the game. And just a side note, there it, just just how depressed I was from the night before. Usually, you know, when we're, <laughs> when we're cheering back the pack or cheering against BYU, a BYU loss is like feels really good, you know. But oh, I did not sure, yeah. I did not derive one ounce of joy from this game. Just so you know, I was so <laughs> upset from the night before that I I literally woke up five or six times in the middle of the night and it was like, you know when you wake up and you're like, okay, was that a bad dream? And all of a sudden you realize it's real life and you experience that disappointment all over again. That happened five or six times in the middle of the night to me. I was like, oh my gosh. uh." So I did not derive one ounce, one ounce of joy from this game, which normally I would. I didn't, you know. Uh. Um, But I I noticed, I I, I noticed that you're talking about the drops. There was a there was there was one drop. I don't remember who the receiver was, and I don't want to call him out because he's a college kid. But but Wilson well, it was could kind have of, been any of them. I think they all had one. Okay, well Wilson was kind of he was had a little pressure in the pocket. I think he stepped left and he threw a, like a dart right to a guy who was running a kind of a slant on the inside. I think it was I don't uh-huh. I think it was Shumway. Yeah, actually I think about it. And it bounced yeah. like it was a perfect pass. It would have been a big gain for a first down, and it was like. One of the worst drops I've seen in college, and it's just those things are momentum killers, man. Even if you for can sure. continue, I mean, that's a free play you just gave the other team, you know, when it could have been a, a big play for you. So that, yeah, that there was a couple that I noticed that didn't look too good. It's it almost feels like when you get a big gain, crazy first down, like let's say it's third and fifteen, and you get the first down, and it's like awesome holding penalty. We got to go yes, do it again, those but are harder worst. this time. And that's the thing is, you can make big plays, but to make two big plays in a row. That's a tall order, and it's 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 a drive killer, momentum killer. It's just deflating. We had, I mean, the second half was nothing but those types of things. I mean, it got it got to where I 
I was kind of passively watching. I mean, at a certain point, like fans are walking out and people are changing the channel. People are running errands, doing other things with their Saturday. And I kept the TV on, but it's like, you know, I'm just going to make jokes on Twitter for a while and, you know, maybe check Instagram, do some other things. But um, it, it was deflating. Now, to kind of counter how you viewed the game, there's a little bit of, well, I'll say for some fans, there's a mountain of joy from seeing USC beat Utah the night before. And and for all fans, there should be a little bit of a, a relief. And the reason is this. Utah fans don't like to admit that we recruit against each other, BYU and Utah, and we don't. I mean, you look at Utah's quarterback and, and uh, running back, There was BYU didn't go after those guys. There's no way they were. And so a lot of Utah's really like four- and five-star talented guys, BYU was never an option for them. However... To get key guys like like Covey, you know, that could have gone to BYU, yeah, there are certain battles where we go head-to-head. In, in that sense, the worst thing for BYU to lose talent that could go to BYU, that can live up to the honor code and, and live those standards and say, yes, that's something I want to do, would be to have a wildly successful Utah team. So when we hear all these dreams of Pac-12 championship and, and – uh, playoff hopes and scenarios, all that. What I'm looking at is saying, okay, any five-star local recruit who has their choice between the two of them, that makes BYU's chance at them much, much tougher. So, you know, me not hating Utah fans, there's a there's a real interest in me seeing Utah fail yeah. Dude, for things and, like that. And I appreciate that you understand that. And I wish everybody understood that because that's what a rivalry is, man. Um, you know, you're a direct competitor of ours. It, in other industries and business, it's important that your direct competitor is not successful because it directly impacts you, right? Your rival, for example, I mean, just on a on a surface level, McDonald's and Burger King, on this, if they're on the same corner, you want, you know, the McDonald's doesn't want Burger King to be successful because it detracts from them. We're direct. We're in the same market. We share the same air, radio airwaves, TV airwaves. Uh, a lot of people go to the same church together. You know, having BYU good doesn't is an immediate detraction from Utah. And when you mention that on Twitter, people are like, oh, we're in your head, rent free. You haven't you moved on? <laughs> Dude, no, it is not. I mean, you don't want your competitor, your direct rival to be successful for many reasons. Right, and I feel like right. a lot of people don't understand that. So I'm grateful that you understand that. That's great. One point to, yeah. to, to one of your points you made, how you said you're kind of passively watching, making jokes. I have learned that losing in blowout fashion is much easier to get over than, than losing close yeah. games, dude, because oh, the yeah, experience yeah. goes along. By the time the fourth quarter comes around, you've almost kind of moved on already. It's like, all right, we got blown yeah. out, move on. Whereas close games, it's like excruciating for days and days. You know, it is. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I it, it doesn't. it's not as good to lose blowout fashion optics-wise, but dealing with it on a personal level, I would rather get blown out because for some reason I can yeah. move on quicker. Yeah, yeah. You say that was a game we had no business being in. Just wasn't our wasn't our day. I mean, yeah. And and that being said, I mean, I can't imagine the. Uh, well, I can because we've been there before uh, many times of where you have every you know the whole world in front of you, and then all of a sudden it changes. I mean that that was a that was a crushing loss. And and of course now you have all the pettiness coming out on Twitter. Like the the one I like the most is all right, like paper rock scissors. Like you go ahead and pick one. What is what is Utah? I know I saw that one, yeah. <laughs> I saw that, yeah. The pay, the paper. Uh, okay, if you're paper, that means BYU's a rock and uh, USC's the scissors, and we are all the same. We are all equal. Everything's the same. No one's um, no one's clearly better than the other. Oh, it's so funny because you brought up the point about 
do people in NASCAR argue about who's faster? <laughs> and I was like, no, man, because whoever crosses the finish line is faster, and that's the way it works. <laughs> too bad we don't, have same, we don't have the same option in football, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> dude, no, but no, that, that was... That was coming from a place that my uh, my toddler is. We just bought cars for him because he loves cars, and so I've been watching a lot of cars lately. And I just thought that NASCAR to me seems so simple. It's like there's not really a lot of analysis that goes into it. Like you can't sit there and be like, "My guy was faster; he just didn't win." It's like, no, you're faster; <laughs> yeah. you win. I know. I love it. I'm so grateful you brought that analogy up, actually, because that was a perfect description. Yeah. Um, that's the funny thing yeah, is, yeah. I was talking to my neighbor once, and admittedly, I know Jack squad about soccer i mean i know a little bit more uh-huh. in the last couple of years as i've gotten on twitter and seen tweets and stuff but i remember like when rsl first came to the market i was talking to my neighbor he went to a game i was like hey how uh-huh. was the how was the game i guess they called a match bless their heart how was the game he's like oh the ref sucked and i thought to myself how on earth could the refs affect a soccer game either you score <laughs> a goal or you don't and i was blown away at yeah, it yeah. but i guess refs do somehow uh-huh. affect soccer now so anyway yeah all right. yeah back to your byu game one thing, the, the the point in the game that I thought was the turning point where it just kind of all, at that point, it was impossible to win. It's 14-3, to BYU's driving, and they've been moving the ball pretty good. They moved the ball in their first drive, and they yeah. got a field goal. They're moving their ball in the second drive. Uh, Washington's up 14-3, to and you were down, I think, at least in field goal range, um, and then fumble, return for touchdown. At that point, yeah. all the momentum gone. It's 21-3. For sure. And you look at the scoreboard, 21-3 seems like a huge freaking deficit. Whereas if you even mm-hmm. would have just got a field goal, it's still a one-score game, 14-6, to right? Um, but but Washington returned it you know, for a touchdown, 70 yards, I think it was. At that point, that was like when it was like, oh, man, I don't. there's no way they're going to do this now because they're going to be paying catch right. up the whole game. Right. No, and that, anyone who feels that way, obviously uh, that, that happened before chronicle- chronologically, the Washington State-UCLA mayhem. Did you see the end of that game? Dude, no. I went to bed. It was 49-17. Okay? At this point, I think it was like midnight or something or close to it. And I have to get up for Bishopric meetings at 5 a.m. the next morning. So I go to bed, right? Um, And I wake up to a bunch of texts because I have have text groups with my brothers. We text about random games, text about sports all the time. So I woke up the next morning at 5 a.m., looked at my phone to like 45 texts like, oh my gosh, something happened. And I first one I open says, (laughs) they're like, I can't believe UCLA came back. I was like, what is 49-17? And and they freaking came back. And it was a 67-63 game, which is incredible, man. This Washington State quarterback set the school record for touchdown passes in the game with eight, I think. Nine. And nine. lost. Nine. Nine. Yeah. nine touchdown passes in one game incredible. and lost. Dude, I know. Crazy could, you, to me. could you imagine nine touchdown passes in a game and losing? Losing. But, yeah, that's so, – uh, So that's the thing. Keeping that game in the back of your mind locked away forever – it's never too late, like because you, you're you're just saying like twenty one three is insurmountable, and I agree. Like that's how it felt. It was like oh, game over. But good grief, when you look at the amount yeah. of points scored in a contest like that, it's like no, no, no. It, things could fall in place. They, they could fall into. They place scored for you. fifty points in the second half. You slated fifty yeah. freaking points. And the thing is though, you're right. In that extreme circumstance, everything's got to go your way, and it's got to be right. you got to be playing a coach like Mike Leach who doesn't run the ball to run the clock out. He throw, you know? So, like, if Kyle Whittingham yeah. had a 21-point lead, there's no team that's coming back on that because it would be grind, grind, grind until the game's over, you know? But Mike Leach, yeah, right, that's right. Uh, anyway, put put a bow on this uh, BYU-Washington game. Who's your player of the game? And then we'll move on to, to next week. Oh, man, you know, player of the game would be tough. Um, 
Honestly, I'd have to be Zach Zach Wilson because again, the stats don't bear it up. There, his completion percentage wasn't stellar. I don't think that's on him. I think I think he showed up. He did his part. Uh, hung around after the game, signed autographs for the little kids, even after a crushing loss, and and that's role model material. Yeah, that's good. That's good. <laughs> okay. But yeah, so. I uh, I'd say bigger than that would be for BYU fans zooming out and looking at that first game gauntlet we just got through. Nobody said we're going to be two and two. Nobody serious said that. You know, it was one and three, and we'll be fine the rest of the year. So to come out of that two and two, that's great. You know, let's move upward, move onward. Things look good for the rest of the year. If I can shift my goal, I want to see uh, eight and four be the overall end. But I, you know, I said seven and five. So let's see how we do. Hey, dude, if you can, you can adjust it if they're ahead. Because you're right. You said I remember something like it could be zero and four, but I'll be happy with one and three. So two and two. Mm-hmm. If I would have told you this before the season started, you'd be two and two after the four. You would have taken it ninety nine times out of ninety nine. You know, a hundred out of a hundred. Yeah. You would have taken it. So yeah. Yep. So at this point, you're right. You have the right to readjust your expectations mid season um, and say, look, yeah. we've we've been through the four P five games. We went two and two. A uh, couple breaks mm-hmm. could have gone our way, or I mean, if, if things had gone our way, Washington could have made a more competitive game. But you could also say the same thing about Tennessee. So I mean, bottom line is yeah. your record is what it is, and that's all that matters. Yeah. I'm a results yeah, guy. Sure. I've been that way in business. I've been that way as a, when I was a sales guy. I've been that way in football, man. I'm a results guy. Results are your two and two. So uh, yeah, at yeah. this point, really, your two toughest games are what uh, Boise and Utah State, right? Remaining. Yeah, you know Toledo's no slouch. Um, in fact, I think if BYU is favored, it's not by much against okay. Toledo. Um, Toledo, my my worry with Toledo is they uh, pass heavy offense. And BYU can stop the run. Like I would love taking on a team that's a run-heavy offense and doesn't have a great passing game because they don't worry me nearly as much. A pass-heavy offense, it doesn't matter if you're G five. It doesn't like if you can pick apart our secondary, you'll pick apart our secondary. So it makes me a little nervous. Now I I expect BYU to win, even if they're not favored. I think BYU will come out of this with a W. I think just going from playing against those athletes the talent gap that we've faced for four straight weeks that should bear some results alone that our guys can go against other guys and say hey we're actually bigger and faster so i would like to see BYU get some separation not only win but win by a couple touchdowns you're favored by two right now on at least according two to ES- e- on espn's website it says byu minus two yeah so you're favored by two Okay. Yeah, and and so that's I mean that's the thing is as I don't think our expectations should be too wild, but I'm going to go ahead and set them there. I think if we if we win, I'll be happy, but I'm expecting and hoping for at least a two touchdown win. So you're favored by two, but the FPI, which apparently people like to point to if it's in their favor or not, I don't know. <laughs> yes. Anyway, FBI FPI has a 55.3 percent chance that Toledo wins the game. Um, and, yeah, and, yeah. So that's what I was. I, that's what I saw. Is, is Toledo according to FBI is favored. Yeah, and and I think the reason is is and it's a big deal. Time zone. I mean, I, I read. I can't remember what I where I read it, but like seventy percent of all people that go to two travel two time zones for a game lose. Doesn't matter what their ranking is. Like it's it's a big deal um, to travel two time. And is zones, that more? Apparently. Is that more going west coast to east coast because it makes it yes, early? Yes, yes, yes. West coast to east coast. You know, there's something to that. But way back, so when I lived in your neck of the woods, I got way into triathlon running, and I was so like I would do a 5K over and over and over, and I was really paying attention to my 5K times, and I was always consistently 15, 20 seconds faster in the evening than the morning. Huh. You know, it was a little bit. It's just easier to get going 
just that i mean it's a tiny edge but i was really paying attention to my numbers well dude, so, yeah, if, it, if, if things come early. down to one play like we've seen then every little edge matters man it's the old right. cliche it's a game right. of inches man that's a serious thing it's i mean you look at utah punch that freaking touchdown in it's a different game anyway so okay so toledo 55.3 percent chance to win this thing what's your prediction mm-hmm. uh i'm gonna say byu 47 following my math that makes toledo 33 Okay, forty-seven, thirty-three. Yeah, I, I do. I expect it to be high scoring. I, I think with uh, if Toledo passes a lot and if our offense is uh, is pretty pass heavy too, I think it'll get up there. Yeah, so should be uh, should be exciting game. It's on it's on ESPN yeah. Plus, which kind of sucks, huh? Not really. I mean, I, it does. That's the thing is is a lot of fans are like whining, like we got to pay five bucks to watch the game, but it's like, dude, come on, like. This money is going to go to ESPN, who's been giving us all this exposure, all of our breaks. They put it like ESPN and ABC are the same company. Like I'm okay giving them five bucks. Like yeah, forget- I would pay if we could do if we do on demand games. I do on demand games or just sports only, and get rid of all this other trash TV that's out there. Yeah, yeah. no, I'm not worried about the five bucks. I just hate watching games on my laptop. Or I mean, I don't know. Is there? I mean, I'm not technologically savvy enough. So I'm guessing you can find a way to stream it to your TV, right? Obviously, with nowadays. But uh, yeah, that's all I do. I don't. I don't have cable. I do uh, YouTube TV. And does it ever? Mike, does it ever buffer? Is it ever like, oh crap? Uh, it's getting better. The first couple of years, I've done Sling. I've done PlayStation View. I think with time, it's getting better and better. The worst, and this is only a me problem because you don't do Twitter during the games, is if someone is watching like they're in Utah with cable, they're going to see it maybe 20 seconds before me. Gotcha. So if I'm refreshing and I see something like, why did he drop that? I'll be like, oh, crap, I know someone's yeah. going to drop it. you know. Like, or, or, uh, yeah, or you refresh it and there's a bunch of people saying, oh, my gosh, no way, wow. Yeah. You know, and then then you know yeah, something yeah. big happened. That's cool. It's like, all right, honey, look, something's about to happen. Yeah. Okay, so you, you, that'll that'll put yeah. you guys at three and two. That's good. So Utah, we got yeah. another giant game this week. Um, I said yes. two weeks ago that the USC and Washington games were two of our three toughest remaining, and I still feel that way. Yeah, Washington or Washington State? Washington State. Oh, okay, yeah. At home. And then the other one being Washington is my other one that I think is the toughest. Right. So right, okay. um, going into this, even though they lost their last game, they still scored sixty three freaking points. You know. Yeah. So I think it's I think it's gonna be tough. Which is the crazy thing to me is we're favored by five and a half points as of right now. It opened at I think six and a half. Uh-huh. We're favored by. What's five the under and a half. on? That's gonna be a high. Like, what's the total score prediction? Uh, the over under is fifty six point five. So not. I mean, that okay. would be. You know, that would 50 to yeah, or, I mean, middle 35 to whatever. I don't know. I do a bunch. But also, the FPI has us at 64%, which is crazy to me because we struggle defensively last week with passing the ball. Um, and that's all Washington State does, man. They just pass the freaking yeah. ball. Nine touchdowns in one game, as you already yeah. know. I mean, their quarterback already has 21 freaking touchdowns thrown this year compared to Tyler Huntley, yeah. who's got who's got five and um, Zach, I know Tyler's got five, yeah. And, and like for example, Zach Wilson has three. This guy has twenty-one freaking touchdown passes already. That's insane. That's that's what would make me nervous as a Utah fan if I'm watching this game going into that. Is Utah's offense should be able to do whatever they want, but Utah's offense is mistake prone. And I'm not saying they make a lot of them, but they will. If you just say, okay, soft defense, Utah, do whatever you want. They're going to have some fumbles or something. You know, they're not going to be able to just rack up points the way the other teams can. You know, 
flip the ball on the other side of the USC was picking apart that secondary like crazy. If Washington's better than USC at that, which statistically, I mean, look, just I guess the eye test of watching those games, I would worry a little bit about this. Now, I do expect Utah to win because I, I think Utah is the better team. But if they don't, I think it'll be those two things. It's going to be offensive mistakes, blunders, and just the secondary not showing up. Well, that's that's the second one is what I'm worried about the most because, like you said, USC picked us apart. But the, the the thing that gives me the gives me the bit of a pause is you like I said USC's big plays were kind of broken not broken plays but just not they the quarterback didn't throw it where it's supposed to be underthrown jump ball uh-huh. type of thing you know last year against Washington State same type of thing they had an awesome offense last year they were ranked in the top ten last year uh, and they had a better quarterback in my opinion Gardner Minshew and we went uh-huh. up there and it was a twenty seven twenty four game was a final score I believe um, and we we yeah. made it we made it kind of a slugfest in the second half first half they moved up and down we moved it up and down but second half was just kind of a slugfest so I think we can possibly do the same to this offense again this year um, and we just need to run the ball we've got we've got stud running backs even if Moss isn't back we have three guys I think that could just carry the load on the on the ball carry the load on offense running the ball. Um, I think it, I think it's going to be similar to last year's game. Last year was in the twenties, you know. I think it's going to be something like that where we 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 can game plan to shut this to not shut them down because you're never going to shut them down. You're just not. But to minimize what their right. offense can do, and our offense this year yeah. can do enough to get us the win. I was saying earlier, I'm imp- I've been pleased with the offense. Right now, our offense is ranked number fifty total offense in the country, which you know that seems to mm. most you throw it out there that's middle of the road. But dude, for a Utah offense, it's been in the nineties and one hundreds last several years. 50 is a big freaking improvement. Mm. And then you couple that with our defense, which is top 15 in the country right now. I think we have enough on both sides of the ball to make this a game and win. I don't think it's going to be comfortable by any stretch of the imagination uh, just because how prolific they are at scoring. So I'm going to predict a Utah game very similar last year, 28-24, except we come out victorious. And if we do, it sets us up to start rolling nicely because then we got to buy and people can get healthy. Then we got Oregon State. Um, and then we got a run at home of Cal, who, yes, they're the highest, the only undefeated team in the Pac-12 and and uh, ranked 15th, but I, I still think Utah can handle them. And and then we can, I think, uh, after that's Arizona State or vice versa, some that order. But we got a chance to, to roll off four or five games here before we go to Washington if we win this right. game. However, if we lose – we're going to start the season 0-2, and only one time in the history of the Pac-12 has a team started the conference 0-2 and still won the division, which was Utah last year. But being 0-2 with USC already being 2-0 and a head-to-head loss, in my opinion, that all but ends it for us. You know, At that point, if we yeah, come out 2-0-2 yeah. and, and USC's sitting at 2-1 and probably because they'll hopefully lose to Washington, still, there's no way at that point we'd need USC to lose three more games um, and mm-hmm. us to win out to, to be able to win the conference. So... We can be eliminated from the conference race in the second week this weekend if we don't win. That said, I like our chances. I think Wit Wit's good with his back up against the wall, and we we haven't fared well against Mike Leach, but you know I, I think I think we can do it this year. We win twenty eight twenty four. Game ball is going to go to Devin Brumfield, the running back who will be st- probably starting. I don't know, maybe not. One of the backup running backs that will be yeah. starting Brumfield, DHC, or Wilmore. That's who the game ball will go to, and we win this game. Yeah. And everything's right in the world again. We'll have a chance to dream big about the conference championship again if we win this. But it's a big game, man. It's late Saturday night. Ugh. Going to be crazy. <laughs> so what you're saying is there are implications. Yes. 
There are there are implications. Now, you as a fan, then you're overlooking some teams. Does it worry you that the players might? Nope. Because I can overlook who the crap I want because I'm just a fan, man. <laughs> there's a, there's my man on Twitter, Braden. He's a follower. Shout out to Braden Shamo. He used to have a bit yeah. where he'd change his name every week to overlooking whoever the next team was. Over, because people would always everybody. say that, dude, we got to take it one game at a time. Dude, we don't got to take anything one game. We're freaking fans. Our thought process literally <laughs> has zero bearing on what happens on the field. So if I want to overlook whoever I want to overlook, it's okay as long as the team's not. And I don't think they will. I don't think they're like people. It, yes and yes and no. Here's the thing that I worry just a little bit. If I'm a head coach, how how much Twitter access would you allow your players to have? Give me the pros and cons. If I were a head coach, I would ask them to shut it down. And some players do. Okay. A lot of players shut it down because there's nothing good that comes from Twitter, man. There's nothing good because if you're rolling, you start you see all the praise it gets in your head. If you're sucking, you see all the uh, all the hatred and it makes you angry and you fight with yeah. fans. There's nothing good that comes from Twitter. There's there's a potential good if I'm the head coach and I can trust a player to have the maturity to go out there and it's it can help with recruiting. It's it's like I mean it's kind of the reason our president loves it. He can do a press conference about anything anytime because he just sits there and pounds it out on his phone without thinking about it, you know. And so if you got if you've got good a good head on their shoulders player that are out there like promoting your program, I think there's some recruiting. Now that being said, I do think the bad outweighs the good. I think uh, everything you'd mentioned is right, and I and that's where I would feel like the fans maybe do play a little bit of a role. If it's a fan base kind of takes on this mentality of. No, we got this. We're not worrying about this. And the players happen to be seeing that. I mean, it, that could contribute to it. Now, I'm not going to say that it was the fans' reason they lost the game. I mean, the only way you could do that is rushing the field or something like that. Yeah. But, like, you know, you say what you want on Twitter. But I don't think it's a zero-sum thing. I do think there's a little bit of a – you just never I – mean, you just never know who's gonna see what. I mean, I've had I've had players like my tweets the the next day when I'm in church. I'm like, whoa, that guy just obviously was searching his own name. Like, oh, I gotta make sure I'm only saying nice things. Like, that's kind of scary. Yeah. No, I'll grant you that it ha- it could have an impact, but I think it's so freaking minuscule. What has the biggest impact is if you go out there and you have more talent than the other guy and you're well coached. That's my opinion. All right. these little things. I mean, sure, maybe it has a tiny impact, but I don't think enough to really be a big deal yeah so i mean i don't think it, if, I, in fact I i'm gonna go to out hit. on a limb i'm gonna go out on a limb and yeah. say there's never been a football team that's lost a game because the twitter fans thought they'd win it i'm just gonna say that well i don't know though you're talking about the slimmest of margins i mean we're talking about like 15 seconds different between a 11 a.m 5k and an 8 p.m 5k like you just you just never know you, you know? don't, but I think I think that I think where we disagree here is just the impact that it has. You're saying 15 seconds. I'm saying a Twitter fan impact is like zero 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 point one second of a race. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. That, that's gonna that'll be the margin. Utah loses the Pac-12 championship game this year. It'll be like <laughs> there won't be a point. It'll be like a third of a point loss. <laughs> Crushing. It'll be. And you know what? I wouldn't pass Utah at this at this point in time. They've just destroyed me. <laughs> they they've killed me. All right, man. So, any any last thoughts? If it, if it comes we... down to that, I'm I'm coming after all of you, Twitter, and be like, I I tried to warn you guys. This is on all of you. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great, dude. Don't I, overlook anybody, dude. You gotta it, take them seriously. If it came to that, I would delete. I don't know if I'd be around, bro. I'd delete my Twitter <laughs> and just be like sitting on the edge of a cliff for the next four months. It'd just be devastating. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that would be okay. Don't let that keep you up at night. You're doing a good. You're doing good work out there on Twitter. You know. 
you're out there, you're recruiting. You shouted me out, and suddenly I've got like ten more followers. I'm like, oh man, yeah, now I got dude. now I've got these expectations. Now I got to be funny. My dream Before, is for it was people. Like, there's no expectations. My dream is for people to appreciate you for what you are, because dude, <laughs> the thing about that tweet, you, she said, you'll never guess how <laughs> how old these houses are. Obviously, with the answer being like new houses, right? And you're like, oh, I'd guess seventy years old. And it was just so funny because it was so <laughs> subtle and so just so dumb that it was just amazing. I love. Uh, for the background, for those of you that aren't on Twitter, there's a news story about like this: these bricks are cracking in the foundation of a home, and they're not. It's like a facade thing. And it's like, and how old would you think this house would be? Tune in at whatever o'clock. Yeah. So I just replied with, I'd guess at least 70 years old, with like multiple exclamation points. So my buddy Rusty and I, when we were teenagers, we were like the goofiest teenagers. We used to we shared a job a job doing pest control, like actually like spraying pesticide on people's homes, and we drive around all summer, all day together, like the two of us. This is another story for another time. The two of us actually got one job. Like there was only one opening, and and we ended up both getting it. So there wasn't <laughs> enough trucks. Like we hung out all day, all summer together, and we used to practice. We'd do like be our own acting coaches. And so one of us would take a big drink of water, and then the other one would say something shocking, and we'd practice spitting it everywhere. And it was like, man, just live for that dramatic reaction. Like no way, dude. Those are the good old days, man, when life was simple, right? Yes. All right, man. Well, uh, any other thoughts before we wrap this up and, and send this? Yeah, out to one the thing I I haven't mentioned yet: the loss of Tyson uh, Williams. Ah, yes. That's a th- that's a blow. Now, if there is a sliver, sliver, sliver of a bright spot on that, it's that I think this is early enough in the season he could come back. Uh, I don't know if he does, and I, if he does, I don't know if it's to BYU. So, you know, I'm not holding my breath. Heck of a player. I mean, just loved his attitude. He put everything on the line. I, if I ever see him, I would thank him and hug him if he let me. Like, I've just, it's truly, I've appreciated watching him and everything he's done for the program. I would love for him to be a part of the program next year. Uh, but, you know, that's a decision he's going to have to make with a lot of things. Going forward, uh, obviously, it's a big drop off to the next ones because they just haven't been getting the reps. But I think with the remaining schedule, I think we'll be okay. But uh, but man, huge loss, dude. Love it is, guy. and you hate, you hate, you hate to see that. And then really, you know, I mean, you really hate to see it. Not with the noon Twitter, like, oh, yeah. you hate to see it. You know, right, like right, it, right. it sucks, bro. Because the actual, especially yeah. in college, and especially like a senior, dude. Games are so few and far between. One play, it's over, and you could never watch them again. Yeah. And you'd never know if it's coming. Like I remember last year, like I just loved watching Zach Moss, and we all knew, quote unquote, knew that it was gonna be his last year, even though it wasn't. And all of a sudden, he's done. And you're yeah. like, dude, I never get to see him run people over again. And it's just like sucks. Right. And so that's what sucks about injuries that ruin stuff. But you know, we're not gonna end yeah. on a bad note. We're gonna end on a good note. Our sponsor this week is Dr Pepper Fanville. Right? They love us. Nice. Dr. Pepper's are I fan. do like the Fanville commercials. You know, people like to. I, I like Fanville way better than that. Like the stadium guy that would yell at everybody. Oh, the vendor. I didn't like that guy either. But there's yeah. people out there that yeah, I love didn't like him. him. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I think I Fanville's think Fanville's good. I think it's I think it's good. It's good. So yeah. shout out Dr. Pepper. Hopefully next week we're both happier. And if the Utes can pull this off, be four and one. Things will be looking good. So until next time, we will talk to you all. Go Utes. Go Cougs.